I have the honor of speaking to you guys today. Both my parents, Pastor Jose and Pastor Ben, are out. Pastor Jose is actually speaking at another church that he was invited to. And my mother, Pastor Annette, is actually down in Florida. For some of you who may know, my abuela Lupe, she's getting there and, and it's time for her to transition to be with the Lord. But we do it in strength, we do it in excellence, honoring her memory and, and understanding that you see Pastor Annette to be the strong woman that she is. Well, guess what? This lady right here is where it comes from. It passed down from my great-grandmother to my grandmother right down to my mom. So we honor her life. Right now, my mom is there comforting my grandmother, comforting my great-grandmother during this time of transition, and she wishes she could be here. But I'm here today to talk about it. So before we get... Thank you, thank you. Before we get into the word, I'm going to open up in prayer, and then we'll dive right in. So, God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this time that we get to fellowship and join in, in hearing the word. Lord, I thank you that our hearts and our minds are open to receive the truth, Lord. And I thank you that this message that is prepared, although it comes from someone new, I thank you that the word itself speaks and it is empowering into our lives and that that's what matters most, Lord, is that the word that you have given us is to instruct us and to teach us in the ways, in the ways that we shall go. And I thank you for this opportunity again today to honor the life of my great-grandmother, Guadalupe, and I thank you for those that have been impacted by her life and we honor her memory not just her transition but throughout her whole life lord and i thank you that we get this chance to be together today and hear this word in jesus name amen, amen. so i want to talk to you guys today about how all of us need to cut the junk in our lives it's one of those things that if you leave it unchecked, it will snowball and build into a huge problem that affects our daily lives. It is time for us to cut the junk. And in our relationship with God, we often just focus on the spirit, our righteousness, our salvation, realizing that when we become saved, we no longer go to hell, but we go to heaven to be with the Father. But in our life on, here on earth, there is more that God has instructed us to take care of than just our spirit. He has instructed us to take care of our bodies, and he has instructed us to take care of our mind and soul. So when we talk about cut the junk, we have to be cut the junk. We have to be mindful of how we eat, how we maintain our bodies, and also the mental habits that affect our lives daily. This is not just a once in a while thing. This is a daily practice, a daily tool that we must use to better ourselves. And not just, it's not just for us, because we're not called just to take care of ourselves, but also to impact those around us. We are called to be a light. We are called to be an example. And we, as the body of Christ, need to exemplify that in every way, not just the fact that we call ourselves Christians and we believe in God. Does that make sense? Everybody agree with that? So let's start with how we eat. For most of you here today, and I'm not going to look at anybody specifically, but for most of you here today, your bodies are not what they used to be. Getting a little older. I mean, a Big Mac today is not what a Big Mac used to be way back when. So it's crazy how you could go from eating basically whatever you wanted without having to think about how it affects you. But if you look at today's food, in order just to understand the ingredients, you need a master's degree in food science. And it's crazy to think about how over time, these things start to really stack up. I was actually explaining after first service how uh, one of our deacons said, oh, well, it's easy for you to say because you're young. But even me, I'm dealing with, I mean, it's different for me, but there are certain things that I used to do. Like I used to eat candy every day. And I know that's like a childish thing to say, but I'm gonna be honest here. I used to eat candy every day. 
And now I'm getting a little older, like I actually started to realize like it was actually affecting me. Like I started to get like a little gut. I was getting a little breakout on my arms and I was doing research like, well, what is it? Like I've never had this issue before. What is it now that's starting to do this? So I went through, did some research and I actually found out that because of the amount, not that I was eating a crazy amount, but because I was eating candy every day, it started to build up and my body was having a hard time digesting it because a lot of the candies I was eating, it's not like Snickers and Reese's, I was eating like Sour Patch Kids, Skittles, Twizzlers, it's a bunch of plastic, right? Like it's, it's hard for your body to process these things. So eventually it started to build up, my body wasn't digesting it like it used to and it was actually affecting my physical ability. And even more than just my physical ability, it started to affect my energy, my attitude, all of these things build up. And I've cut, I've cut candy out pretty much entirely, like I don't go out of my way to buy it. And it's crazy to think about too, because like for my birthday, Father's Day, Christmas, my family would always get me candy. Like I was the candy kid. Like it was, if you want to get Josh a gift, just give him a card and give him some candy, he'll be happy. And it's crazy to think about that was once my identity in the eyes of people was the candy kid. But now that I'm cut, cutting that out, I actually see the benefits of it. So I don't just want to act like I'm perfect because that's not me at all. I'm not perfect. Nobody is perfect. But this message here today about cutting the junk is for every single one of us. There is always something that we can improve upon, and there are things in our lives that we must get rid of. In Proverbs chapter 23, verse 19 through 21, it says, My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. Do not carouse with drunkards or feast with gluttons, for they are on their way to poverty and too much sleep clothes them in rags. So gluttony is defined as habitual greed or excessive eating. Most of the time when we think about a glutton, we just think of somebody who eats too much. But it's not, it's not specifically just the excessive eating. It's also the need for everything to be in an access. It needs to be more. It needs to be abundant. That's what really being a glutton is. It's the need for everything to be more than what you can actually maintain. And for some of us, we practice this because we want more out of our lives than we feel like God is giving us. Although God has called us to live an abundant life, a fulfilled life, a life where we lack nothing, we still go out of our way to strive and work and press forward to try to gain more than we feel like we already have. But how can you gain more if God's already given you everything? Think about that. Gluttony is something that becomes a weight. It becomes a burden on your life. You become tired and exhausted for the constant striving and need for more. Never satisfied. And we're not, we're not called to be complacent. That's totally different. Like, yes, you should be satisfied with what God has given you. Yes, you should be satisfied with where you're at in life. But you don't want to stay there. To be complacent means that you just are fine where you are. You, you feel like there's no need to grow. And that's not what God calls us to. But yes, you should be satisfied with what you have now while keeping in mind that God still has more for you. Does everybody agree with that? Does that make sense? So we see that exhaustion. We see that weight that it builds on our lives. And how can we as Christians be the leaders? How can we be the example? How can we be the light to those who don't know the truth if we ourselves don't have the energy or motivation to do so? We are called to be the light, and a light does nothing but shine. When you come here, when you go to work, when you go to the grocery store, when you are hanging out with your friends and the people that you have a relationship with, you are supposed to be the light, that energy, that fire. And if we hold on to so much junk and so many burdens and all this weight on us, how are we to be the example when we ourselves are the ones being bogged down? 
This is more than just cutting out the junk for your own sake. This is for everyone around you. This is, as a Christian, what we are called to be. The leader, the head and not the tail, above and ever beneath, a light that shines. So it's time for us to cut the junk. It's time for us to start to think about how what we eat is affecting us. Because it does. Eating fast food every day leads to a burden that your body now has to fight through, taking energy that you could be applying somewhere else, but now you have to focus on this one aspect. Our sleep is also important. Getting six to eight hours a day of rest is important. Your body needs it. Working 10, 12, 16 hours a day trying to gain, gain, gain. Meanwhile, everywhere else in your life you're lacking because you're giving more time and effort towards a job, towards a paycheck than you are your family, your friends, and your loved ones. It's a burden. How can we say we're gaining when we're actually losing everything? I was that guy. I used to be the workaholic. I used to, well, I got to earn my way in this world. I got to prove myself. I got to work. I got to work. I was doing 60, 70 hours a week at one point. When Hannah and I, my wife now, when we were engaged, I was working up in Binghamton. I was doing like 70, 80 hours while still trying to finish my bachelor's, while trying to plan a wedding, while trying to find an apartment. It was a wait. And then that, that habit of constantly working didn't stop once I got married. It kept going. And it's something that I needed to cut out of my life because I was working 10, 12 hours a day. Now I have two kids, but I've been spending all of my day trying to press forward, trying to work, trying to work, trying to work to the point where now I get home and it's time for me to step up and do the dad thing and I have no patience. Why? Because I've expended all of my energy on things that didn't actually matter. Yes, working is important, but your family matters more. Your relationships and your bonds matter more. But here's where it comes down to. You need to access what's more important in your life. Yes, we could talk about cutting the junk, but first you have to acknowledge what the actual junk is that you need to cut. It's important to work. It's important to be diligent in what God has called you to do. God says that the works of our hands are blessed and made prosperous. But the second part of that verse that people often forget is, yes, you are called to work and be diligent so that your hands, the works of your hands may be prosperous, but it's through your knowledge of him. That's the most important part. Yes, we are called to work, but you have to understand what it is you're working for, what you're working towards. To work blindly and to work aimlessly isn't profitable to anybody but your employer. To work with a purpose and a claim and a desire to grow and to learn is what God blesses. And it's not just your blessing, it's for those around you. In Mark chapter six, actually no, before I, before I go there, not Mark chapter six, but before I even go there, another reason why your sleep and your rest is so important is because it's not just your physical body that needs the rest, it's your mind too. Because sometimes, and I used to be guilty of this, it's something that I try to cut out every, day, every time I try to go to bed. Laying in bed, worrying about what tomorrow's gonna look like. Worrying about that bill that's unpaid. Worried about what's gonna happen at work with this person that I don't really get along with. Worried about all these problems and things that are going on in my life that you're actually losing sleep and peace over. Peace is one of the fruits of the spirit that God has given us. So if we are given peace, but are choosing to focus on the things that we don't have control over versus the things that God has actually given us, how are we gaining rest? How are we maintaining what God has given us? God has also given us in our fruits of the spirit, self-control. God has given you the tools to overcome what happens in your mind, 
to overcome what happens in the body, to overcome everything that this life throws at you. No weapon may conquer you. There is nothing that is formed against you that will take over. God is bigger than any issue you could ever think about. But sometimes we like to focus on the problem so much that we actually make the problem worse because we're just amplifying that same problem 20 times over. Now let's go to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29. Jesus also said, The kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seeds on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops on its own. First, a leaf blade pushes through. Then the heads of wheat are formed. And finally, the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle, for the harvest time has come. We are not called, when we plant the seed, when we pray, and we say that we are believing in God for something, that we are accepting the the supply that God has given us, because God has supplied us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He has already supplied it. We are not called to sit there and watch that seed grow every second of every day. We're not sitting there watching this problem build up and manifest because we're working it through in our mind, trying to figure it out on our own. If the seed is planted, if you say you believe it and you're thanking God for it, guess what? Time to move on. God has called us to do more than just focus on one problem at a time. God has called you to live a life of abundance. God has called you to pour God's love and the gospel into the lives of others. Not one problem at a time. We are called to believe and use faithfulness. Guess what? Another fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness. These are all tools that God has given us. So let's keep going. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The important thing to note here, because this is a verse that is very common in churches, is what a yoke actually is. So when we talk about a yoke, we are talking about a collar that would link two bulls or ox together. Generally, they would put an older bull and a younger bull together. When God is saying that my burden is light, it's because his understanding and his plan and his purpose for us is greater than we could ever ask or think. What happens is when you get this young bull that's yoked to the older bull, the younger bull sees the task and goes, okay, I want to get it done as fast and as as hard as possible. They're pulling and fighting and pulling and fighting, trying to make it happen, trying to get it done, pushing, pushing, pushing. And the older bull, who is wiser and who has done this a couple of times already, understands, listen, I, I got a whole day of plowing ahead of me. If I just take this, this one step at a time at this pace, I'm not going to just burn myself out on the, first pl- on the first plot of land that we're doing. So when we talk about yoking ourselves with God, you have to understand that this is a collar. You are locked in. You're not trying to make it happen on your own because you are with him. And his plan and his purpose and the way that he designs it is better for you in the long run than trying to outwork God. Because there is no outworking God. It's already been done. It's already been accomplished. His answer is yes and amen. So instead of pushing and fighting and pulling, stay locked in with him. Because if you stay with him and you focus on him, not looking to the left or the right, not your neighbor, not your mom, not your dad, not your relative, not your cousin, but focused on him, his plan will help you to succeed in things that you are currently lacking in. Why? Because his answer is yes and amen. He withholds nothing from us. 
He has given us everything. So you have to understand, when we talk about yoking with him, that means that you are yoking with God the Father. Not to be yoked with people who are of unlike-minded faith. Not to be yoked with people who don't understand the presence and the power that we have of God. Yes, it's okay to have relationships with them, but guess what? The people who aren't saved, you are called to teach and to show the light. Because when they are in darkness, all that means is they don't have the knowledge and understanding that you do. Us being the light means that we have been given the knowledge and understanding to read the word, to understand the word, and to apply it into our lives to be the leader that God has called us to be. So, you have to understand too, when Jesus was talking about rest, back then the culture was that they would take a rest day called the Sabbath. The Sabbath was a day for two very important things. One was actually resting, you don't do work, you're resting your physical body, but also that time was meant to fellowship and get back in line with God, to focus on your relationship with God, focus on getting to know God more than you currently do. A whole day dedicated just for those two things. Now, with that, God himself who created the heavens, the earth, the universes that are around us, everything, he himself on the seventh day took a day of rest. And if he took a day of rest, don't you think it's important for you to do that too? And it's not necessarily that you do a whole day, but you got to allot some time. You got to make some time where you're not focusing on problems. You're not worried about this. You're not worried about that. But you take that time for yourself and God. That's the importance of it. To take rest is not just to be like, oh, I'm just going to sit down and watch TV. It's not rest. It's not, you're not resting. You're just taking a break physically, but your mind is still working while watching it. To take a restful time is to actually ease your mind from the problems that you face and focus on the solution, who is God. We need to cut the junk. You need to cut out that time that's taking you and robbing you of your peace. Cut the problems out of your mind that are taking you out of that rest that God has called you to. On Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 40, As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples decided to wake him up, shouting, teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? This is after a whole day of Jesus talking to the multitudes of people. He was preaching, giving lessons, saying his parables. He was working essentially all day and decides, you know what? We need to get to the other side of the lake. He's taking a nap, taking a rest, whatever you want to call it. And a storm breaks out. Jesus, meanwhile, during that storm, is taking his time of rest. Sometimes we can focus on the storms that we think are prevalent in our life, the storms and the problems that we think are really going to tear us down and sink us. Meanwhile, Jesus himself, in the midst of a storm, is at peace, resting. And when he talks to the disciples saying, do you still have no faith? It's basically saying to them, what are you doing with what I've taught you? Why are you worried about a storm? Am I not bigger than any storm that can happen in your life? 
So sometimes we get caught up in all these problems because we think they're right in front of us and they're going to tear us down. We're going to sink. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Meanwhile, Jesus is saying, listen, I have overcome all of that. And I am with you, never leaving you, never forsaking you. I have given you everything. Jesus even went on to say later on that greater works will you do than me. That's the kind of power that God has given every single one of you. So if we are able to do even greater works, why are we still worried about the little problems, the little foxes, thinking that our garden is going gonna, is gonna to spoil and rot because of all these little issues that pop up? That's not what God has called us to. It is time to cut the junk. Our mental habits are one of the most filled places of junk possible. More than how we eat, more than how we rest, because it starts in the mind. We, we believe that we're not good enough. We believe that we lack the talent or the funds. We believe that we don't have the resources. We believe that we're, that we're not as smart or capable as this person. Sometimes we even go as far to compare ourselves to other people. That's not biblical. The only ones we're supposed to compare ourselves to is Jesus Christ, to be like him. The gifts and talents of one person is totally different than your gifts and talents. God is the author and finisher of each and every single one of your stories, your faith. He has a plan and a purpose individually for all of you. Yes, we come together and fellowship and bond and go to church. But guess what? The same people that I talk to on the daily are not the same people that Alan talks to, are not the same people that that Kim talks to. is not the same people that Miss Doris talks to. Every single one of us encounter different people in this walk of life and have a plan and a purpose for every single one we come encounter with. We have a different walk, but the same walk of faith. Does that make sense? We can't go comparing ourselves. We can't go looking at the things that we think we lack. We can't let ourselves doubt and say and make excuses why we can't do it. Because if God has truly given us everything and you believe that, there is no excuses. There's either you're following the calling or you're not. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 8, it says, If you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching, that, the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. So there's a couple things I want to point out in this verse that are very important. When you are actively serving God and you are actively giving the message of faith, the gospel, the love that God has given you to others, the Bible literally says that you will be nourished by the message. So if you feel like you are lacking physically, energy, mentally, you feel like you're lacking, when you actually put that to the side and choose to serve God instead, you become fulfilled. You become nourished in the areas you think you were lacking in just by following God. It's important. Another important thing in here is that physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Like I said before, godliness is not just about your righteousness. It's not just about your salvation. It's how you live, how you think, how you act, the words that you speak. These all pertain to godliness. So yes, getting out there, exercising, not saying that everybody needs to join the gym and we're going to make a pledge where everybody's going to start losing weight and be the perfect vessels. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, though, yes, it's important to do those things, but it's even more important to practice this walk that God has instructed us to walk, to be the leader, to be confident, to be a warrior of faith, to not let things shut you up because you think, well, I'm just one person. What can I do? 
We are meant to be a light. A light does nothing but shine. Even if you are surrounded by darkness, it takes one candle to light up a room. You could be that light in the area of your life where you don't even know. But God has called every single one of us to live this way. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11 through 13, it says, Teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. I had more teens here first service, but they, they're, they're in the midst of just starting school now, a new season. But I do have some college kids here too. It is a new season in your life, a new opportunity, one, to learn and get an education, but also to be an example to those that you are around. And those of you who may not be in school because you graduated a long time ago, guess what? It is time for you to step up too in your workplace, in your relationship with your friends, on social media, any and every way possible, there is a way to step up and rise. You have an opportunity every day to impact the lives of those around you. It's just a matter of are you putting yourself to the side and doing what God has called you to. It is time to cut the junk. If your own desires are getting in the way of God, guess what? It's time to cut it. God has given you, every single one of you, gifts and talents. And guess what? God's not going to call you to do something that goes totally left of that. If he's given you gifts and talents, it's for a reason. Usually it's because it goes right along with the purpose that he has given you. The question is, are you using those gifts and talents to benefit the kingdom or benefit yourself? It's an important question to ask yourself. When we're talking about cutting the junk, it's not just the food, it's not just the bad sleeping habits, not just the thoughts, but sometimes it's even our own desires and excuses we need to cut out if it's blocking us from receiving God's truth. So yes, we must take care of ourselves in every aspect. Yes, this is going to benefit you in the long run, cutting the junk and getting rid of some of these things that are blocking us from receiving God's word. And I've said it once, I'm going to say it again. It's not just for you. It starts with you, but this also, when you start making these changes, will impact the lives of everyone around you. One of my favorite things, and it's funny because it's, it's on, my, on my Instagram, not that that matters, but... It's a quote that I got from a TV show. It's really funny, I'm not gonna name the TV show, but the quote is, you, can, you can't call yourself a believer if you don't desire for your brother what you desire for yourself. Such a powerful quote to think about. Like, it's, I understand the calling that God has on my life and the blessings and everything that he has given me, but everyone around me, I want them to experience that same thing. We are called to love God and to love people. But if your love for God and your love for yourself is outweighing your love for people, then you're not fulfilling what God's called you to. If your love for yourself and your love for people are outweighing your love for God, then you're not fulfilling what God has called you to. It is important that in every way we cut the junk that is blocking us from fulfilling God's purpose for us. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 20 through 22, it says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit 
un and understand what he is saying to the churches. God is always speaking. He is always reaching. He is always knocking. He is never going to leave you or forsake you. He is knocking at the door, and the only one that can open it is you. In my family, we have this saying, you have to get rid of your stinking thinking. That stinking thinking is what's blocking you from receiving the full plan and benefits of God. You have to get rid of the excuses. Cut the junk that is blocking you from opening that door. Because the Bible also says that no man can shut what God has opened. That opportunity that God is knocking and trying to get you to walk through is for you and you alone. There is not a person, not an enemy, not a, anything that can prevent you from doing it once you start walking that path. So you have to ask yourself, am I yoking myself with God? Am I locked in? Am I using certain excuses and certain things that I think about that aren't true, according to the word, to block me from being truly, truly connected with God? These are things that you must challenge yourself with. And trust me, you will see the benefits. I've given you some examples where I've done it in my life, with my family relationship, with my own health. Not worrying about staying up late at night, thinking about tomorrow's problems. These are all things that are minute in the eyes of God, but they impact us the more you let them fester. It is time to cut it. Stop making the excuses. It's not hard. Because like the Bible said in Matthew 11, when you yoke with me, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. So, I thank you guys for joining me today and listening to this word. I hope that you had a heart to receive and that you gained something from it because like I said, what I desire for me, I desire for each and every single one of you. For those of you who have done the welcome lunches, you heard my, my take on what, what I feel when I come to church. I don't just see this as a place that we come to congregate. Every single one of you that stepped through those doors, I consider to be family. Whether I know you or not, you are family and I'm going to treat you with the same honor and respect as if you were my blood. I have a love and a passion for everybody that comes through these doors. Why? Because it's an opportunity for us as a church, not just me, not just my parents, but as a church to share the love of God with everyone that walks through those doors. It's also another reason why we don't just do it in the building. We also go out into the community to share that same love. So I thank you all for coming here today. I thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this word. But most of all, don't just leave here and not do anything with it. It's one thing to come in here and receive a word. It's another thing to listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches and do it. It will benefit you and your families greatly. So please stand as we close in prayer. And before we pray, I want to give the opportunity because this is something new. And this is a new outlook about cutting the junk. If you have never shared this prayer of faith, the salvation prayer, I want you to think about the junk that's in your life that you need God's help cutting. I want you to think about how this goes beyond just your daily, goes beyond just receiving a word, but this is to change your life and those around you forever. To never be the same, to become a new creation in God's name. So I wanna give that opportunity with every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to give this opportunity. If you have never shared this prayer of salvation, today is the day. Now is the time. It is time to cut the junk. If you want to be saved and be yoked with God, I want you to raise your hand now. To be saved and to yoke yourself with God. 
So listen, repeat after me. God, I thank you for the salvation you are giving me so that I may be saved and walk in a path of righteousness. I thank you for your love and I thank you for the Holy Spirit that comfort me and guide me through this walk on earth. I believe that you are my savior and that you want more for me than just this basic life. God, I thank you for this opportunity today to yoke myself with you and become a child of God. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, I want to give a round of applause. We have a VIP section for you to receive some information and more about the church and what we do. Let's close out in prayer. God, I thank you for this opportunity today to receive this word. I thank you that every day is a day to change the lives of not just ourselves, but of everyone around us. That every day is an opportunity to share our faith and the love that you have given us. I thank you for this word that it will not return to us void, but Lord, that we use it and practice it daily to change our lives forever, to not just be a new creation, but to live like one. I thank you that as we walk, we walk in faith, walk with our heads high, knowing that we are a leader above and ever beneath and a light to this world. I thank you once again for this opportunity. I thank you for Pastor Jose as he is going to speak to another congregation today, Lord, sharing this same message of faith and the gospel. And I thank you for Pastor Annette who is going out to be there and support family in this time of transition, Lord. I thank you that in this house we honor you and you alone for your name and your glory, not for our own kingdom, but to benefit the kingdom. I thank you for those online that came to listen to this word today, and I thank you that even though they may not be in the house, they are a part of it, a part of the body, and they, that they receive the same message of faith. I thank you for this day, and I thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.